0: The OneStream Global Education Services team proudly presents The OneStream Podcast with your host, Peter Fugere.
1: Greetings, fellow OneStreamers, and welcome to The OneStream Podcast, where we explore and examine all things OneStream talk to experts in the industry and gain knowledge from some of the brightest minds that help deliver and implement solutions for our clients. This episode is part of the OneStream Expert Series, where we explore and examine the fundamental concepts, tools, and topics surrounding OneStream. I'm your host, Peter Fugere, Chief Solutions Officer at OneStream Software. And as always, I'm excited about our topic today, the blueprint application. Here with me to talk about this, John Rambo and Terry Ledette from Specialty Engineering. Hey guys, how you doing?
2: well, yeah. thank you for asking.
1: Great. So specialty engineering, that's a new group in the marketplace. What do you guys do? What Tell me about that?
0: We are a group that is uh driven to innovate rapidly here at Onestream, and uh, the great thing about it is is we are focused on what we would generally consider mainstream large projects that uh, commonly might be something like strategic planning or something like that. And we actually have several initiatives going in parallel at different stages of execution uh, following what we call a, a fit process, which is really just a decomposition of a very innovative, rapid development cycle where we prepare a business idea, we incubate that idea. We use a phase that we call illumination, which is really Prototyping, advanced prototyping, and then we move that into productization.
1: And that's really all these all these concepts or solutions that people are coming up with. This is a way to vet them and and validate them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's correct.
0: Uh, you know, the great thing that we have here at OneStream is we've got an incredible yeah. customer base, as you know, and getting them engaged in how we innovate product cycles is really fulfilling. Instead of us building stuff in a vacuum, we literally get our customers engaged with us and their requirements feed those development cycles. It's very exciting.
2: Yeah, and and as part of that innovation, right, not only working with customers, but also working with our partner groups, um, the alliances team, working with internal teams and just getting other feedback and other other, um, individuals' expertise to help us with these initiatives. And tied into that, you guys have been working on this
0: CPM Blueprint, what is that? The way Terry and I talk about it, because we didn't we weren't here when it was initiated. Um uh, fortunately, we've got a CEO who's very customer-centric, and Tom Shea was uh the visionary for it and involves some key people that we can talk about. But um the way I try to characterize it is it's a really well-designed reference application. It's also a training application. And it's a superb starting point for any partner and customer working through a global design. So who was involved in the
1: development of this Blueprint application?
0: So from the very beginning, when Tom uh, recognized that this initiative needed to get launched, he wanted to tag people that had a lot of experience. And so we had uh, distinguished architects across the company, including Eric Osmansky, John Golombesky, uh Nick Kropp. William Weidendorf, Tommy Sandy, Nick Blades, and Andy Moore. um, An incredibly exceptional group that has personally touched hundreds of customer implementations. And so that field reality, if you will, um, was the lifeblood, if you will, of the success of the CPM Blueprint.
2: So, as kind of the person who inherited that work, so I I feel really fortunate from that perspective with that team having. really started CP and Blueprint. So I I got the task when I first started with OneStream, just getting it over to the finish line so we could get to what we referred to as limited availability. John, the way you describe this application, it seems
1: like it's got a couple purposes. So who's really the target audience with the Blueprint? Who's going to benefit from using it?
0: Great question. The, the cool thing about it is it has evolved over time. Uh, the initial target audience was our plethora of services partners i believe we have over 200 now and when you've got that kind of an army of uh talent out there in the field we wanted to find uh, a vehicle that would help them be successful quickly well what we found was as we um, engaged partners and got them involved in using the blueprint. Uh, it became a little bit of an eat our own dog food thing as well. Um, we were able to take some of the lessons and help them. I, I've used the metaphor, a trunk of a tree. Um, I don't know if that flies for everybody, but the reason I think that was helpful is it has derived into being useful for our own in- internal services organization. It's been useful for our pre-sales organization for some some of their POC demos, it has become the foundation of a lot of the Global Education Services Organization's new training curriculum. So it's actually served a lot of purposes, and that it's very satisfying to know that something that's this kind of core to the, the company is providing value in many places.
2: In the special engineering team, we really use it as our foundation for our innovation. So as we start working on new solutions, on that fit process John was describing earlier, we, we start with the CPM Blueprint. There's a lot of reasons for that 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 we can go into as we as we progress through this podcast, but it's really our foundational piece to really start our innovation. and so how how does a
1: customer benefit from this
0: great, great question yeah let me let me throw one thing out first Terry and it's it's really to give Peter credit for this because the first time I heard Peter speak at the company, it was in in the vein of the cpm blueprint, and he made a comment about. There are purpose-built capabilities in OneStream that are different and better than other technologies out there. One of them, obviously, being extensibility, but there's several others. As an old software guy, I call that secret sauce. And and Peter made the really succinct point to say we need to provide um, value for that extensibility by 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 way of demonstration. And so the, the CPM blueprint absorbs that that need and therefore uh provides direct benefits not just to the partners implementing but helps customers implementations be successful in the future. I I like this Peter guy.
1: He sounds pretty bright <laughs> actually. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. You know, I mean if 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 I think about it too, you know, what you guys are doing, I mean, you you sort of laid it out. You guys talked about development um, for partners, it's a reference application, right? You, there's There's good examples in there, like you just said, John, by way of explanation. I think if I'm a customer and I'm, you know, I'm looking at like, you know, how can I accelerate my deployment or how can I validate I have certain things, you know, in a certain way, like this would be really, this would be really valuable, right?
2: Yes. So exactly. So really from the Right, kind of from the customer and the partner. And really, I, I think of that as somewhat interchangeable because if you think of your typical implementation, right, you have a customer and a partner together taking that journey together. Um, so, what, what the CP and blueprint does is it shows you the design principles. So, if you've been to training class, you've been through the one stream demos, but this really gives you tangible items to look at tangible artifacts to look at i should say around design principles and learning so the extensibility we talk about and there's multiple types of extensibility there's you know just extensibility around metadata but there's also extensibility around workflow and essentially the the CPM blueprint shows you both of those it shows you balanced data um, over a two-year period shows you a cash flow that's a cash flow matrix report so really that You know, realizing this isn't a visual form, but if you for everyone who's familiar with that or just to try to paint a picture, that cash flow is the cash flow matrix report. That is kind of the the controller report that they want to have at the end of an implementation. It gives you your balance sheets on rows or columns and gives you your cash flow accounts on the other um, the other one, meaning rows or
1: columns. So, guys, what's in the CPM blueprint? If I go and download it, what would I expect to find?
2: So what you would find in, in CP and Blueprint is, is is several things. A couple have already mentioned, but if you think of um a typical one stream application, right? So we're talking 18 dimensions. What what we're showing in the CPM Blueprint is really a couple of things, um, starting with the with cubes and a t d dimension. We're showing essentially reference cubes where we have cubes that essentially consolidate to another cube. Uh, we're showing that from a consolidation. As well as a planning perspective. So, w- and w- what I mean by that is essentially in our entity dimension for the consolidation, we have the legal entity to do the intercompany, the currency translations, et cetera. Then, in our management cubes, we essentially have cost center in the entity dimension. Then, as I kind of move from left to right, we have the account dimension, right? Your standard account dimension, balance sheet, um, income statement accounts, some supplemental accounts around you know statistics people planning those types of those types of things then we move to our flow dimension it's a flow dimension that's really built out um you have your flows around just beginning balances around activity ending balance etc as well as overrides inputs into alternate currency so what i mean by that is right if your entity is euros but you need to keep the u.s dollar number that capability is already built out. And then that cash flow matrix report I mentioned. This is how we're using the flow dimension to, to show you that. Um, and those accounts are built into that, as well as row forward accounts. And then as I now go from the flow dimension over through the UDs, UD1 dimension, um, in correspondence with the entity dimension for essentially the FIN, the FIN are the consolidating cubes. Um, that is going to be cost center. And then for the management cubes or the planning cubes, that's going to be entity. Then basically, UD2 through ud 7 I'm sorry, UD2 through UD6, those are going to be examples of how to build out consistent stubbed out dimensions. So, UD2, that's geography. UD3, um, 4, 5, that's going to be product, customer, and vendor. UD6 is not used, but it's stubbed out. So, we use the term stubbed outs to show future flexibility in design, so that if a customer needs to make a change or add to, as as typically occurs to their application, it's already built out for them with a standard naming convention, a standard approach. UD7 is showing basically a data layer. So that basically you think of your GL input, any adjustments you may do, any other types of reporting you may do, um, whether you're having you know backouts or those types of things. And then our UD8 dimension, um, That's typically where we have reporting. So we have probably 30 to 40 built-out calculations around variances, percentages of um, showing natural signs. so really giving a customer the ability to see debits and credits inside the application.
1: So basically what you guys did, I mean, you you built out as much metadata with, you know, the general assumptions. You're assuming, you know, what 80% of clients do maybe and built out as much of the application as you could. Does that make sense?
0: Yep. Yes. That was was a fundamental design goal from day one because, as we know, this notion of having a pre built application uh, being useful to a client is impossible because every single client is going to have unique metadata requirements. However, I will say, having worked in other vendors in the past, the great way about how we've architected this at OneStream is that. We don't get in your way. We've designed it so that it's very um, uh, consistently designed across all those UD dimensions so that you can edit, remove, add, modify without significant impact to the design of of the overall solution. And that is a beautiful way to have uh, this this solution go out to the market. And what about rules, uh,
1: reports, dashboards? Will users expect to see anything like that in the solution?
2: Yeah. So let me um, talk about rules first. So that the cash flow I've mentioned a couple of times. um, There's a rule in there for cash flow. That's you know basically leverages the metadata plus is leveraging configuration of the metadata specifically text properties and there's a rule built out for that. So this solution because we right we call it CP and blueprint customers partners. We'll be able to see how the role was written and if they needed to make a modification, they could. But we, we're not anticipating yeah. that. One of the other things that's in our business roles and in, in CP and Blueprint is so we have the ability to actually drill on member formulas. So calculated accounts. So part of one of the one of the business rules in the application is actually a business role that enables that. So you can actually see mm. how a calculation occurred. So it's not just percentage of, you know, revenue or percentage of sales, but you could actually see the numerator and the denominator using that functionality. Um, reports, the, the reports in this application are tied to essentially the workflows. So the, essentially there's an income statement, there's a balance sheet, there's cash flow, cash flow metrics I, I mentioned. There's also another report that basically shows you essentially that configuration of the cash flow. So it shows you, if you think of on the left-hand side, the balance sheet account, and then essentially immediately to the right of that, there's another column that shows you the, how, that, how that balance sheet account was configured. Yeah, and I'll just add
0: a few items here, uh, Peter, and that is that uh, Terry's covered it really well. But with that 80-20 mindset going into the design of this, the goal was also to help customers understand because the product is vast – how do we deploy all these different capabilities? So those examples of business rules are in there, journal event handlers are in there, the superb work, workflow that we talked about being in there, uh, standard reports that give it, you know, out-of-balance, roll forward checks, override checks, retained earnings checks, things like that that any client would benefit from um, was part of the thought process about that 80-20 approach to design. Now I think I know the answer to this,
1: but I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm a client. I've been live for a couple of years and I I download this blueprint application and I'm taking a look at it and I'm I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, "Hey, uh this isn't exactly the way we set our our application." So does that necessarily mean my application was set up wrong or is the blueprint application really OneStream's best practices for everything?
0: Yeah, it's a great question and we, we steer away from using the term best practice, not because we're not proud of the effective design principles that are embedded in the blueprint. But most of us that have been in this industry for a long time recognize that having flexibility in your design is, is paramount, right? Every customer's needs, every solution's needs have certain um, uh, unique characteristics that come up. The great thing, of course, about OneStream's ability to solve that problem is the fact that it has some of this secret sauce, extensibility and other core features and capabilities. So the Blueprint yeah. is, an, is considered a sound design principle is the way we try to describe it. And when we've yeah. uh, interacted with our partners, they've been very receptive to the notion of, you're not tying my hands with this. You're giving me a great starting point, And back to reference app, training app, and good design starting point, we don't get in their way.
2: So it's very flexible. Yeah, and if I could just add to this, uh, so one of the things we really stress when we talk to partners and and customers is your application doesn't necessarily need to look like this. Um, There's choices you make, and and Peter, you know, we've both done implementations um, over the course of the last several years. There's choices you make in that implementation based upon the requirements of what the customer has. Um, so every every customer right is unique. There's commonalities between customers, but every customer is unique. So you know it could be a simple choice of in the blueprint um in the cpm blueprint specifically, the u d one dimension, as I mentioned is cost center. Well, I've had customers who, because their existing application, you know, and their existing application that they were moving to were moving from to one stream, their UD one, their equivalent of a UD one dimension was something different, so, and their equivalent of UD two was cost center. So cost center became UD two. That that that's completely okay. So customers should not, you know, download, bring in the CPM blueprint as a reference application and think, oh, my application isn't designed well. Um, I wouldn't want a customer to think that because these are, as John said, design principles, not not dictates.
1: John, you said you said a little bit too. You know, you've been going out to the partner community and getting feedback and input for this blueprint. What's their response been?
0: How how have partners felt about the blueprint application? It's been a wide variety of feedback, but it's all been positive. Um, the The we've briefed over two dozen partners at this point, and we've distributed the blueprint to ten partners. Um, and the the great thing is is We opened the door for this also to be an interactive uh, dialogue between us and our partners. Some of our partners, as you know, have similar types of starters. They've they've developed them over the years. They've got a lot of experience in the field. And so whether they consume the blueprint as a tool set or not, they appreciate the fact that we're making this effort to interact with them. Because we really expect that as we evolve the blueprint over time, we're going to be ingesting ideas from them, which Terry and I already have a running list of some suggestions for enhancements. And so the way I think OneStream has very effectively approached the marketplace is to team with our partners and our customers, of course, but our partners, and this has provided that dialogue. So we we view the evolution of the blueprint as coming from their ideas and their needs and us staying on task with um, improving its capabilities because we're always going to have an, uh, a marketplace where new, new uh, developing consultants want to come in and learn something, and this will be a great place for them as well. So some of them have taken it and been successful in implementing with it and using it as a tool appropriate to their implementations. Some of them have said we've got something we use, um, and then others haven't been exposed to it yet thoroughly, but we're, we're on path to do so.
2: And we've had other, other partners really just use it from a learning perspective. So back back to the Global Education Services and how we also use the CPM Blueprint internally, this is also, a, as a reference application, a partner and a customer can also use this just from a learning perspective. You know, how, how did OneStream do this? So, John, you mentioned Journal Event Handler, pretty common request, but that's already built. But a customer could look at it and go, oh, okay, this is how the Journal Event Handler works. I can then adopt that same approach to other event handlers that OneStream offers in the platform.
1: And could you expect partners to maybe add enhancements to the blueprint, maybe they show
0: their own like sort of secret sauce or solutions that they have? Yeah, That's a great point. That is part of the original vision was for them to take the CPM blueprint and actually um, modify, enhance, or extend it for their own needs. As you know, when you have 200 partners, we've got certain partners that have specific vertical expertise. We've got partners that have other deep experience in certain domains. And that's that interaction and that dialogue that we have sustained with them has actually led to various initiatives in several of our partners that are extensions to the blueprint concept. And we're looking forward to accelerating that over time. And you you
1: talked about a, a limited availability program what What is that exactly? Can
0: you share the results of that? Sure. As any s- responsible software company, we like the idea of new innovation getting out to the field to um, be put to real use, real world use. And so the limited availability program provides us that opportunity. And in the cases where Terry and I have had um, partners that have taken the blueprint and actually executed implementations with it, we've had a variety of really positive feedback from improving the uh, speed to market in terms of the implementation time to leveraging our well-designed patterns for them to learn from and adopt. In one case, and Terry can probably provide more detail on this, uh, a customer is coming off of a competitor's product and had um, years of experience with that. And they also happen to be going through a chart of accounts redesign. And as a result of our effectively designed account structure and other components of the solution it gave them comfort to know that when they migrated to our solution that they had a really good baseline for how to evaluate their re- their chart of account redesign
2: yeah so they they were able to essentially as part of their design take cpm blueprint model changes of what that new chart of accounts would would essentially of how that would look how it would be designed prototype rapidly, put some data in, and essentially make decisions on whether their future chart of account design was a good design and it was going to be appropriate for their business. So we thought wow. that was a pretty unique use that we hadn't anticipated. So yeah. it was one of the great things that we learned from the limited, pre, uh, from the limited availability program.
1: And how would you categorize the blueprint and uh, maybe explain a little bit about where people might find it on the marketplace?
2: Sure. So as many listeners know, the the marketplace is a term that we use at OneStream that essentially provides platform software and solutions. The, that um, evolved from what was originally called the fish market. But today what we have is what's called marketplace solution exchange, which essentially has three items you can select from marketplace solutions, open solutions and essentially partner place. So CP and Blueprint will be part of um, open place, open solutions. And what that means is that these will be unencrypted solutions that you know customers and partners can download, as opposed to marketplace solutions that are essentially encrypted solutions, go through a higher level of engineering. So the way I really think about that when I say open place, open solutions is really that word open. Um, these are more akin to open source solutions that are community-supported, and so that's the avenue we're using for CPM Blueprint. And
0: by providing the CPM Blueprint in that open place uh, as an unencrypted solution, we obviously are encouraging uh, partners, customers, third-party developers to extend it and expand it over time. I'm sure our
1: competitors have, you know, sort of these template applications or an accelerator.
0: What makes the CPM Blueprint different? It's a great question, and Terry and I, of course, and and you as well, Peter, have background in some of those other vendor solutions. Um, In lieu of taking aim at the way their solutions are designed, which are nowhere equivalent to ours, we we benefit from the fact that OneStream, again, has a unique uh, technical architecture to allow us to be very flexible in how we've designed the CPM Blueprint and, of course, a lot of our solutions, right? And the one thing that's... uh, really fulfilling about this is we don't get in your way back to that 80-20 principle we've discussed of being um, not overly designed and also by no means being a lightweight template design. We've got a rich amount of functionality in there for reference and training purposes that people can easily modify including metadata so that we, we, we the way we try to describe it within Terry and Is and other other members of our team is to not get in your way. And that's a beautiful way to approach an accelerator if the marketplace wants to deem something like this an accelerator is that it it not only provides you a great starting point that has really well designed features and capabilities, but we then let you go make your modifications and not step all over. Uh, unbundling or um, rewiring an application.
2: Yeah. I want to just, before I kind of add to what John said, I want to just really emphasize CP and Blueprint, one of the things that the distinguished architects really strove to do um, is not get in the way of an implementation. So, but part of that is not getting in the way, but also providing value um, to the, to the consumers of the CPU blueprints. And so with our architecture, right, extracting a business role, that's a couple of clicks. Um, so, you know, it's a couple of the business roles we were talking about earlier. If you want to use that business role in your application, you can essentially take that journal event handler, for example, um, extract that with the appropriate security, bring that into another application and then make use of it you know, basically in about five minutes or less. So not only, you know, providing the design principles um, that we talked about earlier, but really just also providing value, but in a, providing value in a way that doesn't get in your way. So you're not spending days undoing something. You have immediately, um, you immediately get value by just being able to leverage what's already been created. Will there be enhancements
1: to the CPM Blueprint. I'm sure you guys are gonna get a lot of feedback from folks, things we
0: can add, update. How will users expect to see those roll out? So uh, the CPM Blueprint will um, be released probably once or twice a year, depending on the cadence of the demand. And to some degree, us watching what other people take it and do with it. Because as we talked about having an interaction with our partners and letting them derive enhancements is a valuable way to put this seed out there and, and let it grow. Terry and I already have a list of enhancements. Um, one kind of beneficial process of uh, being tightly bound to our partners throughout this uh, the life of the Blueprint to date is that we've had very consistent feedback on things that they'd like to see improved in the Blueprint, which is good, as opposed to us like, seeing these enhancements come from all over the place. They've been very focused on some of the same fundamental things, um, and that's, that's been uh, reinforced, the fact that we're not too far off in the overall design of the Blueprint to date, but those enhancements will come in, in future releases.
2: And th- those enhancements can take many different shapes and forms, so it, it could be um, just demonstrating specific functionality. So one of the requests we received uh, was, for example, can you can you show me how I can leverage table views which is not a new feature of one stream but it's a newer feature so that that's for example that's something that we can put in as basically just it's a business role here's a here's a spreadsheet essentially a template that demonstrates that add some data to it and we could very quickly just release that based on a request and to extend that that's a great point
0: Terry as we obviously increase uh functionality of the platform, we're allowed to obviously expose that or showcase that through the blueprint. So a couple of the items that were recently released, we do not have in there today, but those are good seeds for us to grow um, from. And as innovation continues in the OneStream platform, we'll adopt that same mentality.
1: So I see a lot of value uh, for customers. I imagine everybody's going to be lining up to download this and get their hands on it. When will the CPM Blueprint be released? When can I go download it and start to look at what you guys have been working on?
0: We are anticipating releasing it at Splash at Washington,
1: D.C. in April of
0: 2023.
1: Well, I'd imagine you guys are going to have a lot of presentations uh, during the Splash conference, too, around this.
0: Yeah, if I can comment on that – we already have abstracts submitted for success with the blueprint from two of our customer partners uh, who are in the limited availability program. So we're, we're hoping that those get um, exposed in the conference. That'd be great. Another great discussion guys thank you very much for
1: bringing your expertise to the podcast today and thank you fellow one streamers for joining us remember if you like this content please don't forget to subscribe we'd love to hear from you questions comments or concerns please reach out at podcast at one i look forward to bringing you another exciting podcast and until then take care and i'll see you next time on the one stream podcast
0: the one stream podcast is
2: brought to you by the OneStream Global Education Services team.